This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, fellow investors, and welcome to Invest Talk. This is our Monday, June 15th, 2020 edition of Invest Talk. And as always with the year of 2020, there's something new every single week, feels like. And uh, I think this week is no different, right? There's uh, now reacceleration of coronavirus cases in many states. And uh, Arizona is one of them. Florida is another. Uh, really a lot of Republican red, you know, red states, which is interesting. Um, and the big question is, what is the economy going to do? Or what are officials going to do? Are they going to shut down again? Uh, Beijing has done that. They're going through their own resurgence there. Uh, so you know, the market is, is, has noticed this, right? Has noticed that the second wave, which most had expected to come in the fall, is looks like it's coming in the summer a lot sooner than we had expected. Also, government. Government, what are they going to do with the next stimulus package? Is it going to be a billion dollars? Sorry, a billion. Billion's nothing. A trillion dollars? Is it going to be two trillion? What is the unemployment situation going to look like when it comes to unemployment benefits? So there's, there's a lot of moving parts in this market, in this economy, in this world, right? We're in the fourth turning. Uh, I hear a lot about institutions, and this is really, I think, the the start of the unwind of a lot of a lot of institutions. Uh, that's really what the fourth turning is about. It's about rethinking the institutions of uh, of our government, of our life, uh, and thinking about them in a new way. And that takes pain. It takes a, a, a volatile time like we're in now. Uh, but as, as always, humans find a way. We find a way to persevere and change in ways for the better. And that's why I think coming out of this, you know, it's going to be some years from now, uh, things are going to be looking up. But in the meantime, you have to really understand the risks that are out there in the market, in the economy, and that's what I'm here to help you with. I'm here to help you define your objectives, define your strategy, and navigate these uncertain waters. And be prepared for continuing volatility. Okay, we've, we've seen that in spades this year. And on today's program, as always, I'm going to provide you with unbiased answers to your finance and investment questions. So I'm ready to take your calls at 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. I'm Justin Klein, and here on Invest Talk and at my company, KPP Financial, based in Irvine, California, we operate with a philosophy of independent thinking and shared success. So we, we want you to succeed right along with us, whether you're a client or just a listener. Steve Pease and I are different from other investment advisors because we're dedicated to unbiased guidance and we practice parallel investing, meaning we invest right alongside our clients. So now that I've set things up for the day, 
I'm ready to call. I'm ready for your calls. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Now, if you would like to set up a portfolio review with myself or Steve, we have we have postponed indefinitely all of our in-person meetings, but in today's world, we use phone, video chat uh, all the time, and it's become, in a lot of ways, it's it's easier for everybody, right? We don't have to travel. You don't have to travel. We can share screens. There's just a lot more that can be done with technology as long as it works right, which in today's world, uh, you know, it's pretty good. So if you want to set up a no cost, no obligation portfolio review assessment with myself or Steve, just call our KPP offices in Irvine, California. That number is 800-557-5461, or you can just go over to investtalk.com. Now, my main talking point today concerns a story that the real reason the market plunged shouldn't surprise anyone. We're going to discuss sentiment. Sentiment. What was sentiment like last week? And where does it need to get to to be extreme the other way? And how close are we to that? We're going to touch on that. Also, retirees. Many retirees panicked a lot more than you would have expected during the first call it quarter of the year. And we're going to discuss why and what that might mean for those people and how you should react and uh, whether you're near retirement, going into retirement, in retirement, or just somebody who's eventually going to retire, which is probably all of you. This is a lesson you definitely need to learn. Then news about the government or not government, the Fed buying individual corporate bonds. Is this a good thing? both near-term and long-term. We're going to discuss that. And then lastly, what happens if your employer cuts its 401k match? It's one way employers are cutting costs these days. And how should you pivot if that happens? Or maybe just your employee employer doesn't hasn't ever matched. We're going to discuss all of that as well if we have time. So that's what I plan for today's show. But as always, your calls are A number one. So let's take a question from our anytime listener line at 888-99-CHART. Hi, I'm looking to see start investing, and I'm wondering what I should be looking for in a quality stock that won't be costing me over $1,000. Well, what you should be looking for, that's a very broad question, very, very broad question. You know, uh, there's there's equities that span the the risk spectrum in a lot of ways. Are you you know, talking about a low debt utility company? You know, large cap. That's probably one of the safer areas of the equity markets. Uh, you could go into biotech companies that don't earn money, right? But if they go to market with their drug, it can go up thousands of percent, right? And that's that's those are the two ends of the spectrum when it comes to equities. Now, both, I would say, are, are risky. It's just a matter of the flavor of risk and the intensity of that risk, right? Do you, are you a growth investor? Are you looking for companies that have a long runway in the future for growth of their business? And how much of that is priced in? That growth is priced in. In today's market, a lot of the growth stocks, a lot of that growth is priced in. And it becomes difficult to know how much. But if I'm a beginner investor, I don't have a lot of money, I'm going with a large blue chip company that pays some sort of a dividend. Why? Because 
you learn how the market works. You understand how dividends work. You understand how if the market goes up, those most stocks tend to go with the market, right? The the indexes. But then you can observe also the subsectors, right? Is it a telecom company? Is it a, uh, an industrial company? And understanding the specific dynamics of those particular industries, learning those those facts and how the market gyrates in that way, correlation between interest rates and the economy. These are all factors that you can learn when you observe. And that's why I always say when people have save money and they have you know a little bit of money in their account, they're so eager to go out there and invest in stocks. And I think that's fine if you just throw a few hundred dollars in there and and you're you're lear- learning the market. Don't be throwing money into the market expecting you yourself to make a bunch of money. So especially when you're young and, and new, you don't really understand it. When I say new, inside two years of constantly observing, studying, and watching the market. Because 99 times out of 100, you're going to make big mistakes. Make big mistakes with a couple hundred dollars, no big deal. Or a couple thousand dollars, no big deal. You start making those mistakes with a couple hundred thousand dollars, that's a big deal. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein, and the official calendar start of summer is this coming Saturday. And I know you're ready to celebrate, get out to the beach. I know I was this past weekend. And the planned dates or dates are now beginning to look like a moving target. So, how can you be better prepared for market swings that are likely to continue for some time? We should talk about this, and your participation is, is an important part of the mix. So, give us a call. We're ready for your calls live at 888 chart You are listening to Invest Talk. It's Monday. Justin Klein is here. And if you've been watching the news and market volatility, you're going to have finance and investment questions. The phone lines are open, and Justin is taking your calls live. Invest Talk. 888-99-CHART. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Now, my main talking point today concerns a story that the real reason for the market plunge shouldn't surprise anyone. And this article digs into sentiment. And that's always a very interesting aspect of things that, that we, we study. We definitely keep an eye on sentiment when trying to look at whether we are aggressively investing client assets. I mean, you typically new clients, you know, how clients, when clients come on board, uh, we we slowly get them uh, invested. And sometimes that's more aggressively and sentiment is definitely a factor in that. And if you look, if you watch my YouTube market analysis from Friday, you'll You'll see that I, I named it the rebuke of the bulls, right? That the, the bull case was strongly and emphatically rejected, at least for the week or uh, for a couple of days. And one of the big reasons for that was people got too excited, right? You had so many new investors getting in, and oh, this is easy. You're making money. You, know, you just opened your Robinhood account with a few hundred dollars or 
thousand dollars and you're you're buying Hertz and and American Airlines and and all these companies because there's low price, right? Uh, I think that's the biggest problem with right now is everyone's looking at oh, it's a five dollar stock, it's cheap, and they they're going out and buying it without understanding what that even means. Understand that uh, yeah, it's five dollars, but the, but the market cap is seven billion still. Uh, and, and that's more expensive than some other company that's trading for $150 a share and its market cap is $300 million, right? They still think that that $5 stock is cheaper than the $150 stock. It's not. It's in no way, shape, or form is it, okay? And so there's so many investors that are new that have been just trying to buy these beaten down names because it looks like they have low price. And it's worked, because everyone is kind of on board with that. But those are loose hands, right? Those are people that really don't understand the volatility. That first sign of any down move, they're probably going to dump. And you saw that over the past, uh, you know, last week. And there were way too many bulls in general early last week. And the market sentiment indicators said that. And one way is using the Holbert Stock Newsletter Sentiment Index. So these are newsletters that go out and say, well, you should, you know, you're optimistic on the market, pessimistic, et cetera. And earlier last week, it rose to 62.5, which is the 91 percentile of this distribution reading back to 2000. So from a standard deviation standpoint, it was almost two standard deviations above the mean. Now, it won't get oversold, meaning too pessimistic, until we get down to minus 2.7, meaning on average, the newsletters are saying you should be short 2.7% of the allocation of your portfolio. And that's when you get to extreme pessimism. Right now, we're at 53.6 bullish. So still a ways to go before we get to that pessimism. Now, the lesson you need to take, though, is... When you, how do, how do recognize that peak optimism and pessimism? And when it's the hardest to do the opposite, that's pretty much when that peak pessimism or positivity is there, right? If it's, if it's, if it's really gut wrenching to go short, it's probably a great time to go short. If it's really gut wrenching to go long, cause everything, you know, it's all down, everything's red, it's probably time to go long. I know it's hard to identify that. But that's the lesson I've definitely learned throughout the years. Now I'm ready to take your calls live at 888-99-CHART. You are listening to Invest Talk. We've seen the markets go up, then down, sideways, and around. It's called volatility. And if you're a serious investor, you'll have finance and investment questions for Justin Klein. He's here now taking your calls live. Invest Talk, 888 99 Chart. Let's go to Vivian in San Jose. She wants to talk about retirement. Yeah, hi. How are you doing? So, um, I still, I've been retired for 20 years and I still mm-hmm. have my 457K with my employer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they recently sent a letter saying that they changed the agreement that the charges that they normally were charging every quarter are now going to be monthly. And I'm not happy about it because I okay. think that um, makes my interest, um, I mean, makes it more, more expensive. Anyway, mm-hmm. it's only 0.13% per month, but it's still like I'm trying to weigh whether I should keep my fund there 
I'm only down about to 9% or something or either like that or was. And, um, but if I, well, you know, if I take it out, I have to pay the taxes. Not necessarily. No, you can actually roll that 457 into an IRA. Even, so even you don't point, have, huh? what was that? Even at this late age? I mean, even at Oh yeah. At, yeah. At, at any age. Yeah. Absolutely. We can, you know, we do that all the time for uh, clients. We roll their four old 401k or 457. Uh, you know, a lot of times that happens at retirement or even well after retirement. So uh, if you want help with that, we, we definitely help uh, clients with that. Uh, 0.13%, uh, you know, for annualized, you're talking somewhere in the neighborhood of about one and a half percent per year, uh, which is as little as high for a four fifty for a four fifty seven or four oh one K. You know, we our average client fee is lower than that and we're, you know, a full service uh advisor. So um I definitely think it's a little high and, and obviously you're gonna be stuck with those investment choices. So I would roll that out to some sort of an IRA. Uh, you know, you can manage that yourself. You can uh, have somebody like us manage it or you know or anybody else, any other professional. Uh, but yeah, I would definitely roll that into an IRA. Then you'll have access to any choices. You're not just stuck with the, the choices within the, the 457. And right now, a lot of those don't have ability to invest in any goal, which I think is a, a good uh, hedge against inflation right now. Uh, and uh, you'll be able to, once again, invest in anything you want. So I definitely would roll that into an IRA. So one of the reasons why I've kept it is because they have a stability um, fund, which is paying like two and a half percent. And it's like, you know, so, yeah. you know, well, I mean, if, all if, the money market funds are, you know, not doing well. I mean, I have a Fidelity money yeah. market on one of my accounts and, and it's been flat for six months. <laughs> yeah. Well, if that's, if that's your, your main, if that's what you're investing in, you just want that, uh, guaranteed two and a half percent and you're okay with that and your, your, your income level or your spending level is fine with that level of return, then then maybe you keep it just because you're you know you're getting that nice two and a half percent risk free, right? Because that's those stable value funds uh, tend to be. So it's really up to you. You know you you know for our retirement clients we earn more than that two and a half percent, but there's some risk there. So how much risk do you really want to take? Uh, do you want to take uh, a, a no risk basically and earn that two and a half, take a little risk and earn, you know, a couple of percentage points higher? Uh, you know, that's a question you're going to have to answer for yourself. Thanks for the call, Vivian. Let's go to Jacob in New York. Wants to talk about gold. Hi there. Yeah. So I really enjoy the program, by the way. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm looking back at the gold spot prices heading back all the way to the peaks in 2010, 2011, and then the correlation between the spot gold price and gold miners. So mm -hmm. I'm basically comparing the XAU spot price of gold and the GDX gold miners uh, ETF. Mm -hmm. And what I'm seeing is in 2011, the spot price of gold was hovering around 1750 to 1800, which is just above where we are now. But mm -hmm. GDX was trading in the high 50s, mid 60s. Um, however, right now, GDX is trading in the mid-30s, even though the spot price of gold is around the same as it was in the peaks of 2011. So I'm wondering, why is that correlation off and why does gold miners seem suppressed right now? Is it because of COVID and mines being shut down? No, no, I don't think that's that at all. I think one reason is the market's not looking far enough <laughs> into the future to see the profits that these gold miners are going to produce when you, 
when you have gold prices is seventeen hundred dollars an ounce. Uh, if you know every dollar, that's additional profit basically because their their costs are, are pretty static. Actually, their costs are going to go down because the a big input to these mines is actually energy. Um, so uh, that's another reason why you know we utilize gold miners for for our clients because we think there's a lot more catching up to do now. Some aspects on the negative side, you would say there are many gold miners, including ones within GDX, that have been value destroyers for the past, you know, decade or so since gold prices uh, peaked. You know, they they overinvested or made bad investments. Uh, they've been they issued shares in order to sustain themselves with you know oil, uh, gold prices so low, around a thousand dollars an ounce. So you know, there's some dilution there. Uh, that's that would be the negatives. But I do think gold gold miners. Do have some catching up to do, uh, but you have to pick the, the the ones that are good allocators of capital. Uh, if you want to buy GDX, you're going to get the good with the bad. Uh, but I think overall, you're going to have that rising tide. So it's really up to you how you want to uh, gain exposure. Is that through the GDX, just by, or maybe by the GLD, uh, which would be a, a more conservative way of, of gaining access to uh, the gold market, or do you buy individual gold miners? Some are relatively risky and some are very risky. It's just really up to you and your risk tolerance level. Now, on the next Invest Talk, what should you do if your employer cuts its 401k match? Match is a great employer benefit and a powerful wealth building tool, but there are many reasons to keep contributing to your 401k, even if this key benefit is suspended. Steve will be here tomorrow to handle that story for you. But for now, I'm Justin Klein. I'm ready to take your questions live at 888-99-CHART. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the Internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, Stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's attack resistance platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. You are listening to Invest Talk 
Every Friday on the program and the podcast, Steve Peasley shares highlights from the newest edition of the KPP Premium Newsletter. Listen Fridays to Talk. And now, Steve and Justin welcome your calls and questions. 888-99-CHART. Hi, uh, my name is Eddie from Houston. Lover of your show. It's been awesome. Just one quick question about Walgreens, WBA. I'm a new investor looking at this for my dividend uh, portfolio. And I noticed that it hasn't rebounded well like the rest of the market. So after the, you know, the lows in March, it hasn't really rebounded back up like the rest of the market. I'm just wondering, is there anything I should be concerned about this stock for my portfolio, for my dividend growth portfolio? Thanks. Look forward to hearing your response on the show. All right, looking at Walgreens Boots Alliance. This is a $36 billion market cap, but they have about 16, they have a lot of debt. Total liability, $65 billion. Uh, long-term debt, $16.6 billion. So that's the biggest issue here. And if you look at their profitability, it's been kind of all over the place recently since about 2017. It's actually down. Uh, so debt up, profits uh, in decline last quarter, uh, year over year, negative 13% earnings per share. Uh, EBITDA went from, uh, let's see, it was a high of $7.8 billion in 2018. And trailing 12 months, we're at $6.26 billion. So you're seeing an erosion of profitability, you know, not to a, a place where they're losing money by any stretch of the imagination, but you, you have some erosion there. And I think that's the biggest issue on top of the debt. However, technically, yes, it has not rebounded quite like the rest of the market, uh, but it didn't fall because of the market. It's kind of in its own world right now. If you look at the chart, it doesn't look a whole lot like the rest of the market. Okay. So I don't, I wouldn't, I like the fact that it's not sitting there gyrating up and down with the overall market. It's, it's in its own world. I know there was a buyout offer, but that fell through. You know, that's, that's the big question is, is are they going to be able to, going to be able to pay down that debt uh, and get themselves in a better fiscal situation, or are they going to struggle under the weight of that debt? Uh, so I don't think you're going to get any dividend increases anytime soon. I'll say that, but I definitely would. I, I do like the risk versus reward down here. The technicals are looking uh, better. Uh, MACD divergence positively. Uh, you know, valuation is is still pretty good, um, but I think that that debt level uh, is the biggest worry. But I'm okay with it because I like the non cyclicality of their business. Now let's keep things moving. Here comes another voice bank question from eight 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 ninety nine chart. This is Ben from Oregon. Thank you guys for your podcast. Really appreciate the knowledge and insight. I just heard Justin speak in the one of the episodes about investing in dividend stocks. And I was wondering what you think of the idea of investing a fair share of your money into dividend aristocrats and what you would consider a good percentage of your investment to go into dividend aristocrats. I've heard someone speak about that strategy before, and I'm curious if you think that that now is a good time for that. Thanks very much. Look forward to your answer. Bye-bye. All right. 
he's asking about dividend aristocrats, and these are the companies that have consistently paid dividends throughout. I think it's I think it's over a decade. I want to say I'm trying to remember the exact criteria, but they're consistent dividend payers. And I, when I say consistent, they don't cut their dividend. They haven't cut their dividend in a certain period of time, and they continue to grow it. And that's those, those tend to be companies that you you want to own, right? Ones that not just paid a big dividend today, but are growing that dividend over time. And that is that is noble of them, right? So they call them aristocrats. The issue with this is that companies have been hesitant to cut dividends because they don't want to be kicked out of the dividend aristocrat club, shall we say. And so many of them are over indebted. Now, when you ask me how much of your portfolio should be invested in them, and I think there's nothing wrong with having a good amount invested in them, the question is, are you investing in an ETF or a fund that has owns all of them or a lot of them, and you have instant diversification? If that's the case, I could say 15, 20% of your portfolio. Nothing wrong with that. Now, if you're talking about one or two or three of these specific companies within the dividend aristocrat list, 15 or 20 would be way too much, right? Because each one would be five plus percent of the overall portfolio. So that's the better question is how are you gaining exposure? Now, I would use this as a list, right? I would look at the dividend aristocrat list and look for the names in different industries, find ones throughout all the 11 different industries and narrow the picks down to your favorite two or three within each industry and then spread it out. I'd make my own and, and I would definitely filter out the ones that have way too much debt, uh, that maybe their management has not done very well in the past few years, or they maybe have overly cyclical businesses. Uh, so I, I would certainly filter that to some degree. I would do a little work. Uh, and then, you know, then you can put 20% of your portfolio in those broad swath of names uh, that you really like within the aristocrat list. Now you're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein, and the economy is reopening in phases, but that's also creating more complications. But the gyrations in the markets that it's causing cannot allow you to take your eye off your retirement objectives. You need to take steps now to optimize your particular portfolio for your own particular goals of your own personal financial freedom. So I encourage you to reach out to myself or Steve Peasley at our KPP financial offices in Irvine, California. We can help you and we want to help you. And whether you're a conservative investor edging closer to retirement or maybe you're a young investor, looking to get more aggressive. We have different investment strategies designed to achieve financial freedom goals for everyone while managing the appropriate amount of risk. To get started with a no-cost portfolio review consultation, just Call or send a message through investtalk.com. And now I'm here ready to provide unbiased answers to your finance and investment questions. We're taking your calls live at 888-99-CHART. 
InvestTalk is made possible by KPP Financial. InvestTalk hosts Steve Peasley and Justin Klein are the principals of KPP Financial and they are independent financial advisors. This means they place their clients' interests ahead of the firm's. As part of that commitment, KPP Financial practices parallel investing, where Steve and Justin's accounts participate with client investments at equal prices and percentages. You can learn more about parallel investing and the other KPP Financial programs at investtalk.com. The phone lines are open. Steve and Justin welcome your questions. Call now, 888-99-CHART. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Let's touch on how a lot of retirees or pre-retirees reacted during the recent market sell-off. Now, this is data from Fidelity, and they said millions of individuals decided to exit the market altogether. A third of investors aged 65 and up sold all of their stock holdings sometime between February and May. That compares with only 18% of investors across all age groups. It's about double the amount. Now, clearly, many of them cannot handle that volatility or are worried that they don't have the time to make those losses back. And the abruptness, the quickness. Remember how quickly the market sold off in February and March? It was pretty abrupt, even for a seasoned investor like Steve and I. It was a lot quicker than, I don't say a lot quicker. It was definitely quicker than we've seen in the past. And there are some structural reasons for that. But I could see why somebody who's not seasoned, who's close to retirement, is would use that as an excuse to de-risk your portfolio. Now, what you need to do as an investor is recognize that those type of markets can happen at any time. Markets take the stairs up and the elevator down. So this is what we talk about when we say you need to be prepared for market volatility. Because when the market is plummeting, it's very difficult for the average person to make emotionless decisions. Emotionless decisions make the best decisions. When you're scared, fearful, you make rash, unintelligent decisions. And you see that in that March time frame. A lot of them that we can't stand a 40-50% drop like they saw in the financial crisis. And in that impulse to sell, and sometimes it's overwhelming, especially if they don't have a lot of reserves to fall back on. And in uncertain economic times where maybe they were thinking about maybe losing their jobs. So this is why you need to have a strategy that has the level of volatility that you're comfortable with so you don't make rash decisions. 
And frankly, that's part of our job as advisors is not to make rash decisions on the part of our clients. And to cool their heads when things get a little crazy. So I thought that stat was interesting and hopefully you can learn prepare before, not during the market storm. Let's go to Gary in New Jersey talking about 401k contributions. Yeah, hi, Justin. I just had a question uh, regarding kind of the amount that you would suggest going with 401k contributions. My company gives a 6% match, um, but also kind of versus having a Roth IRA also and a taxable account, um, you know, should I be contributing a bit more just being that it's a Roth 401k um, just to kind of get closer to that IRS max of, uh, I think it's around 20k or something per year? Or would you suggest kind of reserving that money and and kind of, um, you know, going through the taxable or the Roth IRA? I would definitely get that match, whatever that match is, immediately. You're, you don't want to delay that match. You want to get all of it. It's free money. You're not going to get a return like that from any other investment, whether that's a 50% match or a 100% match, whatever it is, you're not going to get guaranteed those returns anywhere else. So you, you need to make sure you absolutely get that. Now, the beyond that, the question is, do you contribute to a Roth IRA or a regular IRA on top of that? And I would say that would be my next move because you're opening yourself up to a lot more other, a lot of other investments, right? You can invest in anything, any individual stock, individual bond, mutual fund, ETF, as opposed to your 401k, which is going to be limited. What I would also do if you aren't planning on setting up that consistent contribution to an outside IRA, Roth IRA, right, is to work on auto escalation. So every year that deferral goes up, say 1%, until you get to that max. And what that does is creates a system for you to increase your savings over time. And, and typically you don't feel it because usually every year, most jobs, you have some sort of a raise, right? So if you get a 3% raise and your contribution to your 401k goes up 1%, you still feel that raise, but you're contributing even more to your 401k or your, your Roth 401k. So that's the way I would break it out. Okay. Uh, now certainly you're going to, you may hit some income limits at some point with your Roth IRA and you have to think differently there, but that's the way I would think about it around how to increase your savings around your, uh, your, your retirement accounts throughout the years uh, and today. Thanks for the call, Gary. 8899 chart, 8899 Now, it's no secret that retail investors have been stepping up their participation in the stock market lately. And to some degree, they've been outperforming some professional investors. Goldman Sachs data says that a basket of equities that have been eagerly bought by individual investors since the depths of the sell-off in March 23rd has returned 61% compared to just 45% of portfolios of investments owned by mutual funds and hedge funds. Now, remember, that's just a short period of time. And a lot of that money has been free money given by the government. But it's pretty interesting. It's why you see a lack of humbleness from your Robin Hooders of the world. But trust me, 
history has told me, shown me time after time, that as soon as you have hubris, soon as you think you have it all figured out, that's when the market humbles you. And I think these average Joes and Janes, they're going to be humbled. This is Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. We have one goal here is to help you achieve financial freedom. And our work continues after this break. So get your questions in now at 888 chart Invest talk. What to do if your employer cuts its 401k match? Are there reasons to keep contributing? That story tomorrow. And now Justin Klein is here. He'll provide unbiased answers, but you've got to call with your finance and investment questions. Invest talk 888 99 chart. Hi there. Really appreciate your podcast tonight. A really simple, quick question. I've been seeing DraftKings just absolutely blow up, and it's topping about 30 bucks right now. I was thinking, well, if it's actually succeeding while there's pretty much no sports, isn't it going to blow up when there's a ton of sports? Just interested in your thoughts. Thank you very much again. Bye-bye. Well, that's what the market is thinking. They're, they're not blowing up business-wise right now because there's no sports. So this rally in the stock, which I like the company. I just don't, I think the valuation is absurd. It's worth almost as much as uh, Las Vegas Sands, $30 billion market cap. Uh, and there's no business right now. Uh, but the market is pricing. Remember, the market looks forward. It's pricing in that there is going to be sports and people are going to want to bet and you know play DraftKings. So that's, the market's already priced that in. Okay. And is pricing that. And the question is, are they pricing it in correctly? Have they run it up too far ahead of the actual fundamentals and earnings. That's a question that is extremely difficult to answer when it comes to this company. Um, you know, I have a valuation around $20. Now it's at 41. Uh, I like the company, but I would need a better valuation to be a player. Now news came out today. The fed is going to buy individual bonds. And let me touch on this and why this is look, the fed and even governments have really mucked up capitalism and markets, right? Bailing out corporations, pushing interest rates as low as possible to, you know, benefit people that maybe want to buy homes, but that's about it on the individual side. Everything else benefits large corporations. Now, here's the problem. You know, everyone thinks, well, well you know, they're just helping keep jobs. Well, Problem is, is that they're bailing out bad companies. And this is what is called misallocation of capital. And we're keeping these zombie companies alive that should have gone bankrupt. And just like in nature, right, you have that winter, you have that refresh, it burns all the, all, all the bad foliage, and you have spring, and everything comes out back better and prettier. And so, this is sucking the dynamism out of our economy. It's one of the reasons why the U.S. economy has been so dynamic throughout you know, the last 50, 75 years is because we allow companies to die and they're replaced by newer, more vibrant companies with better strategy, more innovative, and they take their place. 
and you get economic growth because of it. And so if we want to get back to a country that is growing their economy successfully in the right ways with more inclusive economic growth, we're going to need to let these misallocations of capital die. We're going to need to let interest rates rise so that average people can get decent yields and companies that are barely holding on, they go by the wayside. New companies will emerge. People will find new jobs and be retrained in another industry that is better, that is better for society, better for economic growth, that is more dynamic. So I find that story or that news today not shocking, but it just continues to put the Fed and governments deeper, deeper in a hole behind the eight ball in getting the economy back to growing again. It is okay for companies to die. Do we put every tree on life support during the winter time? No. The ones that were barely holding on for life during the good times? Well, guess what? They crack and they fall over and they die in the winter. And that is the start of the rebirth of a better, stronger tree. And that makes everything around it better. I'm Justin Kine, and this completes another Invest Talk program. I will return Thursday. Steve Beasley will be here tomorrow. And please remember to download our April bonus show podcast. We call it the Invest Talk Rapid Fire Hour. It is free. And also, tell your friends about investtalk.com and the helpful resources on our website. Good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlos Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listening line at 888-99-CHART. 